For our second scripture reading, we'll be reading from the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. We can find that on page 1032 of your pew Bibles, or you can follow along on the screens. Proverbs, chapter 31, 10 through 31. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night, and she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it out of her earnings and plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them, and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She could laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom, and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do many noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. This ends the reading of God's infallible word. I must admit I have a confession to make. Of all the times that I've had the privilege of being up here to deliver a message to you, I don't think I've ever been as nervous as today. Only because it is Mother's Day, and the Bible tells us clearly that a woman scorned, hell hath no fury. What about an entire congregation? <laughs> So I prayed real hard I can get this right. So as we jump into today's uh, message, uh, we are going to take it from the book of Proverbs. And we're going to explore that as we celebrate the joy of having someone special in our lives, like our mothers or someone special who cares about us. So today we celebrate Mother's Day, a day that is, is an either biblical or Christian holiday, but an annual holiday nonetheless. And it is always celebrated on the second day of May. A day in which we reflect on the women of our lives and honor them for all that they have done for us. A day in which we recognize mothers, motherhood, and their maternal bonds, as well as the productive contributions they make to our society. Whether you're a mother, a grandmother, a stepmother, an aunt, or just that very special someone in someone else's life, know that you are loved and appreciated. So how did we come about to celebrate Mother's Day in the first place? 
Simply put, Mother's Day in the United States came about because of a woman named Anna Jarvis. She had started a campaign for an official holiday honoring mothers back in 1905, the same year that her own mother died. The first larger scale celebration of this holiday was in 1908, when Jarvis held a public memorial for her mother in her own hometown of Grafton, West Virginia. Over the next few years, uh, Jarvis had pushed to have this holiday officially recognized and was celebrated increasingly in more and more states around the U.S. Finally, in 1914, President Woodrow Wilson signed a proclamation making Mother's Day an official U.S. holiday to take place on the second day of May. Anna Jarvis had put Mother's Day on the calendar as a day dedicated to expressing love and gratitude to mothers, acknowledging the sacrifices women make not only for their children, but their entire family. A man by the name of George E. Bergman once said, Legally, a husband is the head of the household, and a pedestrian has the right of way. Both are perfectly safe with their own rights, just as long as they don't try to confirm it. The passage of scripture selected today is one that comes from the Book of Wisdom. It is our handbook for skillfully living that godly life. These examples and truisms can be applied to everyday situation in our lives. And although the chapters of the book of Proverbs primarily deal with wisdom, this particular chapter is considered more of poetry than wise sayings. Hallmark may have the corner on snappy sayings for occasions such as today, but they cannot hold a candle to the beauty of Scripture inspired by Yahweh and the words spoken so many generations ago. In the 31st chapter of the book of Proverbs, there are 22 verses from verses 10 to 31. Coincidentally, there are also 22 characters in the Hebrew alphabet. Why is this important? Because it's an easy way to memorize it. You see, back in those times, it became a poem which created a formula for easy memorization so that every young Jewish son could be taught by his mother to memorize verses 10 through 31, and thereby have on his mind at all times the criteria by which he was to measure the excellence of a woman. Unfortunately, we do not have that benefit in English, but it was a great benefit to the Jewish people in Hebrew. This kind of woman is, is dedicated in Proverbs 31, according to chapter 19, verse 14, a gift from God, and rightly so. The Bible makes it clear that a man is the head of God's creation. And if a man is the head, then the woman must be the crown. Proverbs 12, 14 confirms this. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. From the very beginning of creation, God provided man with this amazing crown to his perfect plan. Genesis 2:18 tells us this very fact when God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Let's face it, if this suitable crown never came into existence and things were left to us menfolk, all by ourselves, we would certainly be living in a much different world today. Men, find and keep an excellent wife. Stay away from anything less. This is confirmed in chapter 19 of Proverbs. Verse 14 tells us, Houses and wealth are inherited from parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. A prudent wife is wise with virtue, and she is a godly wife, and certainly a gift from God. 
Godly women are the backbone of the home and the church. Without godly women, their wisdom, their work, their influence and abilities, we would have to shut the doors to the church and declare the home as an unfit place to live. The book of Proverbs repeatedly tells us not to forsake the instruction of our mothers. Moms are full of wisdom and make absolutely no haste when it comes to instruction for their children. It also means saying things that you never thought you would. And before you know it, you realize you sound like your own mother. Things such as this, because I said so, because I'm the mom, that's why. It's time to play the quiet game one more time and quit picking your nose. Wait until your dad gets home. If you don't stop, I'm turning this car around. Where do you think you're going dressed like that? Put on a coat. I don't need you getting sick. And of course, finally, my very own personal favorite. I brought you into this world. I can take you out. <laughs> By the way, men, this also goes for us as well, except maybe for the last one. So be careful. Although we can be quite certain that back in 700 BC, women had these same issues with their children, but we know that their teachings and sayings were much more grounded in wisdom, faith, and love. Let's explore the verses of Proverbs 31 and see how the words and teachings show us how we can recognize a good, godly woman. Proverbs 31, 10 through 12. A wife of noble character, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. These verses describe the woman's worth of a good woman, a wife of valor in the sense of all forms of excellence. The word noble is also translated as virtuous, which means strength. Someone who is strong has character and integrity. Such a woman is more valuable than all the wealth in the world. That is why in Proverbs 18.22 it says, He who finds a wife that is good and receives favor from the Lord. If God has placed some good, godly women in your life, He has blessed you with something more valuable than any material possessions. Their worth cannot be estimated by any material object, however costly. The godly woman is trustworthy, and she always has the best interests of those she loves in her own heart. She is an asset to her husband and her family, bringing good things to them. She will sacrifice all her time and energy to make sure that she is there when needed, whether it's a school field trip, a band concert, a sporting event, or even a doctor's appointment. She can always be counted on to be there despite her own desires. She is an encourager and is always faithful. Even in times of difficulty and strife, she is behind the one she loves, pushing them forward onwards to success, even when the odds are not in their favor. An example of such a woman can be found in the book of Ruth. Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, as we know, were godly women in what we call dire straits. Ruth, a Gentile woman, ended up marrying a Hebrew family and by amazing faith took Yahweh as her own God. In a terrible turn of events, not only did Naomi's husband die, but also did Ruth's. Left without someone to care for them, they were faced with homelessness, poverty, and they were approaching great famine. But that didn't stop either of them. Naomi knew that she needed to be rescued and redeemed, and Ruth had great faith in Naomi's plans. 
Like her natural mother, Naomi wanted to make sure that Ruth had a home and someone to take care of her, so she developed a plan. She sent Ruth to her cousin Boaz. Here Ruth, a Gentile woman, displayed that faith in humanity and did exactly as Naomi instructed. Her only hope was to find favor and be redeemed by Boaz, from homelessness and a widow to a wife who would be accepted and has accepted the God of Israel as her God. And not by running around the town and chasing after young men and doing the party life, she displayed her worth because of her strong faith and virtue. In Ruth chapter 3, verse 11, it states this, And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you what you ask. All the people of my town know that you are a noble woman of character. Just as Boaz had redeemed Ruth, so Jesus desires to redeem all of us who are noble and faithful and believe in him so that we may have life. Now let's look at the work of this woman. In verses 13 through 18 it states, She looks for wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like merchant ships, bringing food from afar. She gets up while it's still dark and she provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her own earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. Here we see a woman who recognizes that she is the cornerstone of the household. Wool and flax were commonly used at that time for clothing. Wool for the winter clothes and flax for the lighter linens for the warmer months. She works hard to make sure that everyone has what they need for each season, and she does not grumble nor complain, but takes delight in the work that she has. And just like that merchant ship, she will venture out in search of the best deal no matter what the distance. Sure, she should, could go down to the local market and you know, purchase it for a larger sum of money, but instead, she looks for opportunities of buying quality goods cheaply at a distance. In today's world, our moms do the same thing, making sure that we have what we need and when we need it. Even if it means the very heavy burden of a shopping trip or two, which we all know women despise. Trust me, I have direct knowledge on how diligent and careful a woman can be when it comes to shopping and money. What may show up at the home to be a fair amount of money is quickly qualified with this statement. It was on sale. I saved 70%. And here we see that this good woman is dedicated to her family and their needs, investing wisely to produce more for them. In verse 15 we read, She gets up early, or she gets up while it is still dark. She provides food for her family and portions for her servant girls. The mother gets up early, even though she may not want to, but she makes time to do so and make sure her family starts the day off right with a good meal. How many times has your own mother done this for you? How many times have you done it for your own children or someone else? A mom is there when we are hungry, when we are sick, when our spirit is downcast, and when we need someone who cares. She gives her life for those that she loves. Next, we see the woman, is, a noble woman is an investor. In verses 16 through 18, we read, She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. 
She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for the task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. What this shows us is that this good woman invests in and for her family. She saves her money and when she finds something that she knows will prosper her home, she buys it and is filled with joy, knowing that she could make good use of her purchase. We see something similar in Matthew 13, 44, with the treasure in the field. Just as the man bought the uh, field with joy, she also has joy because she knows her investment will pay off and benefit her entire family. She works hard and places her own desires and things aside and thinks of ways to make life better for her own household and the one she loves. The work of a loving mother is never done. She remains strong and capable of great and continued exertion. She recognizes her investments in her family is good and trades it of a day for herself. Her hard work and perseverance allows her to worry just a little bit less. And even though the day comes to a close, she doesn't stop. She works late tending to the needs of her children, her husband, and others in the household. How late has your own mom stayed up at night doing things for you after a long day's work? Beginning in verse 19 on through verse 23, we see a woman's service and the benefit that it provides. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hand to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed, and she is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gates, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Verse 19 tells us that this woman makes good use of her time. She is focused on the work for her family, working the spindle to make clothes and linen. She makes her body busy, thus preventing her from becoming a busy body. Someone like Gladys Kravitz. And if you're not sure who Gladys Kravitz was, she was the neighborhood busybody on the television series Bewitched, who spent most of her time in everyone else's business. This is something that is all too common in our world today, especially with our younger generations. See, we're quick to tend to everyone else's business instead of our own. The gossip and the telling of the world about everyone else's problems on social media and their affairs instead of focusing their energy and time on the one thing that truly matters, focusing on our Lord Jesus. Now we read of her love. In verse 20, it tells us this. She opens her arm to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. This is a characteristic that, that should all of us have and, and exemplify what Christ desires from every single one of us. This isn't just about any love. It's about a righteous type of love that produces good works. Now, naturally, a mother will love her own children and family and do just about anything for them. But this woman possesses a special kind of love for those who are not her family, ones who are in need. Look at Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. Whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward them for what they have done. This old wise saying isn't something that uh, King Solomon had just come up with so people could be nice or helpful to one another. No, 
It is wisdom given to him by God. Jesus speaks of this same thing several hundred years later to the people of Israel. He tells us in Matthew 25 that there will be a day when his people are separated and rewarded for their works. In verse, verse 40, he says this, The king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, you did for me also. He desires us to take care of the less fortunate. And this good woman knows it. In the next couple of verses, the writer explains that this good woman prepares for her family's comfort. Verses 21 through 22. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Now, we all know wintertime is cold. In fact, it gets downright brutal at times, and we don't want to be caught outside unprepared for the weather. In Israel, it could also be just as cold as it is here, and sometimes, in fact, it does snow. Here we see this woman, like our own mother, make sure that her husband and children will remain warm and comfortable, even when the cold brings the snow. Not only has she made sure to obtain enough material to make garments, but she made sure to choose quality materials so the garments would be warm as well. Back then, scarlet was used in garments as a defense against the cold because of its dark color and its ability to absorb warmth from the sun, making the clothes warmer. It was also for their delight and ornament. She made sure that her husband was seen as a respectable individual and not someone who was considered lowly. And when she was seen outside of the home, she too was dressed respectfully as to not to bring disrespect to her husband or her family. A slob, she was not. She's appreciative of the beauty God has adorned her with and doesn't try to portray it according to society. She's appreciative of the love of her husband and wants to show him how much she cares and how much she wants to present herself and herself to him and the beauty that God has given her. In verse 23 we read, Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Instead of being a hindrance to her husband's achievements, she furthers it. Her influence for good extends to him also. And having no domestic anxieties, he is free to do his part in public life without embarrassment or shame. Verse 24, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. The woman is her husband's helper. And although her husband works hard to support the family and to be the breadwinner, she also works hard in the home spinning and making, weaving and sewing, though she can take her garments to the market, selling them to make just a little extra money to support the family. And this is on top of all the cooking and the cleaning and the washing and the feeding and the laundry. Most men and children have no idea of the work that a woman does. We need to be sure that we all do our part around the house to help out because there is no such thing as woman's work. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat of the bread of idleness. 
Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. This woman is not clothed with physical strength, but more or less with spiritual strength and faith. She has class, good moral character, and is elevated because of her dignity. She's not worried about tomorrow because she is secure in her own fear of the Lord. And although she might not realize it, she executes Jesus' teaching to a T, as we see in Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. She thinks before she speaks. She talks with compassion and uses kind words. She passes on the things of importance to her children and instructs them on life and how to live, dedicating themselves to the Lord. She ensures her house is in order and everything is how it is supposed to be. She makes sure not to come, become lazy or idle or fall into the trap of idle gossip. And this is why her children call her blessed and her husband praises her. People today certainly could learn from this woman's character. The gossip column in the newspaper was nothing compared to what goes on in Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. In verses 29 through 31, we see this. Many daughters have done noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her at the gates. Now it's one thing when you do something good now and then for someone or for family, but it certainly is another when you dedicate yourself nobly to serve on a daily basis. Beware of a woman who is charming because you do not know what her motives may be. Jezebel is a great example of how charming a woman can be and how she can deceive someone. But instead, let your charm be guided by the Holy Spirit. Beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles, fine clothes, and the wearing of gold jewelry. These things are idols that will last only for a little while. Rather, beauty should come from your inner self, as this woman demonstrates. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. A woman who fears the Lord has relationship with him. The fear of God reigning in her heart is the beauty of the soul, and this lasts forever. Finally, she is a great blessing to her family. Just as this woman is devoted to God, everyone of his household should be devoted to Christ. Her love and her ability to be a blessing to her loved ones is found in her faith. Because she is a woman who loves the Lord, she has the ability to allow the Lord to love through her. She is a blessing to others because she walks with him. One of the best examples of this comes from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. As Paul speaks to Timothy, he says this, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which was first lived in your grandmother, Lois and then in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you. Nothing goes unnoticed in the sight of God, and he will reward accordingly. Her own works will praise her as a result of her labor, 
is her best eulogy. Everyone should desire this honor that comes from God. And as we see from this chapter, this is the way that God intended for all of us to be. So how does this apply to us here today in the 21st century? These same qualities and characteristics are just as important, not only as it was back then, and not only to moms, but to every single one of us. If we truly claim to be Christians, then we must focus on Christ Jesus and his ongoing sanctifying work within us. Look back to our first scripture reading in 2 Peter 1, 3 through 7. As we read this, we know that we have been given everything we need, just as this wonderful woman in Proverbs has been given everything that she needed. Because of her fear of the Lord, she demonstrated goodness and godliness. She escapes the corruption of the world caused by evil desires. Our world today ignores these treasured teachings. Parents, if you proclaim to follow Christ, teach your children in the fear of the Lord. Children, revere your parents' teachings and put Jesus first. And like this noble woman, we all need to make every effort to add to our faith, goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Amen.